This message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. Morning, everybody. I wonder if um, many speakers, before they start speaking during the worship, ask themselves, should I just mind to save my voice for the preach? But I just couldn't stop myself this morning. I didn't want to reserve my voice for speaking because it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to worship God. This morning, is you have the unusual privilege of having a tag team speak to you. So myself and Annie are going to be speaking to you. Um, and if you agree with something that you hear, please encourage us by saying amen. Okay, let's be a vocal church this morning. Um, before we start, I've, I came into the meeting this morning and at least two people came up to me and said, God has healed me of something. And I just wanted to start the meeting by just hearing very briefly what God has healed people of. So if you're here this morning and you spoke to me, or you have a very brief testimony that you can say as to what God has done in your life this week to heal you, I believe that's going to raise the level of faith amongst us as we start to speak. So who came to speak to me this morning? Where are you? Pauline? Lynn? Do you want to come out? Nick, yeah? And Lynn? Pauline, would you like to go first? For a month, I've had this cough. And uh, the doctor, previously a few years ago, has diagnosed me with COPD, which I do not claim. And when this cough, I'd had it for four weeks, and I'd been standing, standing against it and speaking to it. But last week, I came out for prayer, and Richard prayed for me. And then I went home, and I didn't cough so much. But Monday morning, when I woke up, I felt, oh. And I'd been coughing, coughing, coughing. So I thought, well, I'll take an antibiotic. I always have, the doctor gives me antibiotics um, for, for flare-ups. So I've got, I think, four packets, well, I thought. <laughs> and I, so I got these antibiotics out, and I looked at, I got one out, and... When I looked at the label, it said, don't take after indigestion remedies. I do take something for indigestion. So I couldn't take it. So I thought, I'll take it to 11 o'clock. I went to spend my time with the Lord, and it's so precious, so precious. And the Lord said to me, I am your healer. I am your healer. And I always stand by the words, I am. To me, it means so, so much in every situation. So I said, thank you, Lord, I'm claiming that. And since then, I've coughed, but not very much, and it's on its way, and it's nearly finished. So praise God, he's a healing God. So one of my first points is that there's healing in the table this morning. Hello, praise the Lord. Well, after 20 years, my son came back into my life. The Lord brought him back to me. And um, through that, he asked us if I want to go to the Philippines with them. And that was in July, and I went for two weeks. And of course, you know, it's a long journey to the Philippines. Well, 
my ears started getting blocked up. They kept popping on the way back. And when I got home, I couldn't hear properly out of this ear. And it was that blocked up. I went to the doctors and uh, he couldn't say anything wrong with me, yes. And he says, come back in two or three weeks' time. I said, well, we can't do anything now. What are you going to do then, I say. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll put me trust in the Lord. And when uh, Richard said, you know, anybody want healing last Sunday, um, I went to him. So and through the week, my ears just started popping. And, uh, and now, praise the Lord, I can hear. You know, so I thought, just put your trust in him like I did. Okay. Wonderful. I love the symmetry going on here this morning. Can you see two people came to this side and two this side? Automatically, it's wonderful. Nick. Uh, many of you will know that the last few months I have been suffering with atrial fibrillation. For those that don't know medically, uh, my heart was beating completely out of rhythm, affecting me very badly um, in lots of different ways. Um, I'd had various medications uh, and been to hospital for a cardioversion, which is, I believe, where they stop the heart and then restart it electronically uh, by shock to try and get it back into a rhythm. That held for four days before uh, my body went back into atrial fibrillation. Um, I was due for another procedure on Friday. Um, went in Friday morning. They started off by doing an ECG. And the nurse said, oh, oh, we've got normal sinus rhythm. She says, it's a really lovely trace. So it wasn't just a normal heartbeat, but it's a really lovely trace. Wonderful. Hallelujah. God is a good God. And I came home and said, I've not felt this well for over two years. Wonderful. Fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lynn. Um, I work in the evenings. I'm semi-retired and I work in the evenings. I do a few hours at the local hospital. On Wednesday evening, I came out of work to see two of my colleagues talking. One was a lovely Chinese lady called Sue and another lady called Adrienne. And Sue had a lot of pain in her arm. Adrienne asked me if I would pray with Sue. So we all prayed together and we all went home. Thursday, we saw Sue and we asked her how she was and she was quite amazed and she said, do you know, I think it's getting better. So Friday came along and at the end of the shift, we saw Sue and we asked her again, how is your arm, Sue? And she was rejoicing and she said, it's all better. So she put her hands together like this and she said, thank you, Lynn. So I said, don't thank me. Thank Jesus. So this lovely little Buddhist lady put her hands on and said, thank you, Jesus. It was a joy. Wonderful. So the breaking of bread this morning, we're going to look at why we do it. And then we're going to look at how we're doing it. And we're going to try and make it a very practical word. So there's a lot of inward looking and outward looking. It's easy to sometimes come to the Lord's table out of familiarity or habit just because it's something we do as Christians. But this represents a symbolic participation in an act of worship. And if you read the Bible, it talks about there are benefits to it and there are consequences to it. 
So this is a symbolic participation. If we're participating in this meal this morning together, then we are uh, having an act of worship towards God. We're going to start with the scripture in Acts 2, if you want to turn with me there. It's a scripture that should be familiar to a lot of us. And it's Acts 2, starting with verse 42. And in my Bible, it starts, it's headed with the believers form a community. And that's what we're talking about this morning. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to the fellowship those who were being saved. There are just a few words I want to draw out of that scripture. The first one is devotion in verse 42. You know, devotion is is, uh, having deep warmth and affection. And if we're looking at ourselves as a community of people, think about deep warmth and affection for each other. It also means the condition of being closely tied to one another by affection or faith. We have something in common this morning if we're a believer in Christ Jesus. The Bible goes on to say about fellowship. And fellowship means a close association of friends. It means shared life. And then there's home, which is an environment offering security and happiness. The scripture goes on to say, talk about great joy and generosity. And another version says, with glad and sincere hearts. So we should be willing and bright and cheerful this morning because of what God has done for us. We should put Jesus at the center. And we should be enjoying the goodwill and favor of all the people. And this morning, we're going to focus on three simple things to help us to prepare ourselves in partaking of this wonderful meal. The first one is looking up, okay? So look up. So the first thing we do when we approach the table is we look up. And to elaborate this point further, I'm going to use a diagram. Now this morning, it didn't work quite as I wanted it to, but hopefully... Some of you may have seen something like this before. It's known, I think, globally as the John 316 diagram. But if you start off in the top right, where it says God, in the beginning, God was there. There was no before, there was no, um, there was nothing that existed before God. God is, was always, is always um, manifested. And God created man and woman in his own image. And he created them to have a relationship with himself. 
And God's original intention for man and for woman was to have a relationship with him. But as we probably know, whether we're Christians or not, Adam and Eve sinned. And as a result, their relationship with God fell apart. And so man's eternal destiny to be with God changed. And it changed for the worse because if, there is, if we're not going to be going to heaven, then there is another place that we will be going to. So along the way, man has tried many, many different things to try and get back into relationship with God. He's tried doing good things. You know, I'm a good person. Surely that's going to get me to heaven. Well, it doesn't quite reach the mark, and it's not going to uh, bring us back into that eternal relationship with God. Some people try going to church. Well, I go to church every Sunday. Surely that's going to get me to heaven. But that doesn't in itself give you a passport to enter heaven. And other people try different religions. And I'm not here to slate other religions other than to say my faith is that you can only get to heaven one way. And that is through the name of Jesus Christ. So God loved us so very, very much that he sent his one and only son all the way down. I don't know if you can see that arrow, all the way down to that line. And Jesus was a man who was God, who came down on this earth as a man like you and me. And he was without sin. And yet he died a murderer's and a criminal's death on the cross for us. And in doing so, he created an upwards step to allow us to have an eternal relationship with God again. So why do I talk about that? What's the relevance of talking about having a relationship with God? Can we just bow our heads, please, and close our eyes? In one of the songs that we just sang, it said, You defeated sin's power. You have conquered forever. Behold, the Lion of Judah, which is Jesus, overcame. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and ask him to be the center of our lives, we make a covenant commitment with God, and he makes a covenant commitment to us. Now, I don't want to embarrass anybody this morning, but I want everybody to, to be able to participate in this table. And if you're sitting here today, and you haven't made, that, uh, you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do so. So if that's you, whilst everybody's head is bowed, I'd like you to put your hand up if you would like to know Jesus as your personal savior. Know that he died for your sins and that you can be on track with him and have an eternity with God. I'd like you to put up your hands. I'm not going to wait for too long. So if that's you, if you want to know Jesus as your personal savior, Please put up your hand now. Okay. Wonderful. I see one hand. Is there anybody else? Put your hands up really high if you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning. 
Okay, thank you, Jesus. You can put your hand down. Thank you. That's wonderful, isn't it? Hallelujah. Now, for that person, we'll get somebody to come and speak with you and pray with you a little bit later, okay? But praise God. Do you know, we believe Jesus died for us to forgive us our sins in order that we can have a personal and direct relationship with him. And, you know, you don't have to know everything uh, to have a relationship with him. You don't have to be perfect because none of us are perfect. You just have to humble yourself and acknowledge that without Jesus, we're nothing. For the second point, I'm going to hand over to Annie, and then we'll come back and we'll break bread. Good morning. Um, if you've got your Bibles, could you turn to 1 Corinthians 11, please? I've got a different scripture that I'd like to read. Um, I'm going to be reading from the um, NLT version this morning. Um, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 is where I want to take it from. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honouring the body of Christ... You are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have fallen asleep. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined that we will not be condemned along with the world. So my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. The first point that Richard um, raised was what we should do is to look up. And the second point is to look in. We have a, a responsibility to examine our own hearts. And um, I know that in, um, in Matthew 5, verse 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I don't know about you this morning, but God has been speaking already about him reigning and about circumstances and about perhaps we will worry about things. God doesn't want us to have a worry in our heart. He wants us to come to him and know that he's in control, that he's, he's a God that reigns, isn't he? And, um, you know, this week the nation has had GCSEs results and last week was A-level results. You know, the results that you've got do not determine your future. God does. He reigns despite despite what was on the exam result. He is a faithful God. You have, he has a plan for your life if he's Lord of your life. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. 
So this morning, it's an opportunity to make sure that our hearts are pure towards him. Because when our hearts are pure, we, we can see God and, and we don't allow any, any barriers to get in the way for his goodness in our lives. It is important, as Richard has already said, that um, it, this is a table of reverence, isn't it? N- not of religion, but of reverence. You know, God is faithful, God is Lord, and we should come in, in, in the correct way. This is not supposed to be a heavy thing, but it, it is a, a sober thing. It's examining our hearts, and it could be that you're here this morning and you're not living right. This is an opportunity. You don't have to go home and continue living in that way. This is an opportunity to to make things right. Whether you've been Christian for years but just plodding along and not growing, or whether you just have a worry, whether you've allowed the worries of the world to consume you. You know, God this morning doesn't want you to have worry. He wants you to have faith. Um. Does the way we live honour God, how we behave, how we speak, how we act? Do do people at work know that we're Christians, what we stand for? Do our standards emanate the the goodness of God and God's standard? Not my standard, but God's standard. Jesus is the standard, isn't he? Are we living according to the world or according to what the word of God says? That's the question I'm asking you this morning. Are we living with one foot in the kingdom of darkness or one foot in the kingdom of light? That's the question. So we have a responsibility this morning, and it's an opportunity to put things right before we come to the table. Um, I don't want this to be a heavy thing, but I do just want to give opportunity now just to everyone to close their eyes and consider. And it could just be, I want to say sorry for shouting at the kids. It could just be, I want to say sorry for, 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 for allowing the worries of the world to consume me. It could be small things, but it could be big things about how we live, our habits, Is there something in your life that needs changing? Just close your eyes and consider just for a few moments. The good news is that there's forgiveness this morning, isn't it? And I love what Kate said, is about, you know you can stand with confidence and say, I am in a good place. That's how we can come this morning, that I am in a good place. The third point I want to make, um, the first one was look up, the, first, the second one was look in, and the third one, any guesses? Look out, absolutely. God, we've heard a lot about God's reign this morning, haven't we? And God wants to reign in our relationships too. And um, it's important that, uh, that we come with um, pure hearts towards each other. Are there any things that, you know, have offended you? Are you holding grudges? Have you got unforgiveness in your heart? And this morning, the table is, is, is to help you. It's to able to focus back on Jesus. And, you know, the devil wants us to have disunity amongst us because it's powerful. You know, the, the Tower of Babel was, was an unsaved um, people that, that could do all sorts how much more can we do as the, as the people of God if, we, if we, we, we live in unity? And if we can, Tom, is it Psalm 133 or 33? I always forget. I didn't write it. 133. Thank you, Stefan. Let's just turn there and read that. Is it 33 or 133? Yeah, Psalm 133. 
I'm reading from the NIV on this one. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if it was a dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. It's powerful, isn't it? Unity is powerful. You know, we're not supposed to be, you know, keep short accounts, not, not allow the little foxes to spoil the vines. It's all things you've heard before. But today it's an opportunity again, isn't it, to, to examine. We've examined our hearts and it's examined our hearts towards each other. It's important that we do that. And, you know, we're not perfect. I'm sure we've all done things that, you know, that wasn't perhaps said in the right way or, you know, I forgot someone's birthday or, you know, small offences. But actually, you know, make sure that your heart is right with it. Make sure that you're not allowing that to, to take root. And in Ephesians 4, verse 2, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another. You know, we're not perfect. We're all works in progress. Um, But this morning, it could be that that person that's offended you is not in the room. Can I appeal to you that you go away after today and and speak to that person? Put it right. They they may have died. I know that um, I had uh, in my life, I've had times where I've had to forgive people that aren't here anymore. You know, it's, it's an attitude. I'm saying to God, okay, I'm going to choose to forgive that person. I'm going to choose to set myself free because that's what you do when you forgive. You forget and you set yourself free. So consider those people that may not be around. Consider, are there things that I'm holding on to still? And let it go this morning before you come to the table. So after we've looked up and looked in and looked out, we can come to the table with a, gratitude, a heart of gratitude, a clear conscience, and a fresh appreciation of each other and this wonderful family we are privileged to be a part of. Amen? Wonderful. We should do like a high five as we pass each other with the mic, shouldn't we? Before we go any further, just practically, could I ask the life group leaders just to come and help us serve the body? Um, in the breaking of bread and delivering of wine. Look at that, there's a queue of servants here. That's amazing, isn't it? So many people. Whilst they are breaking the bread and serving you with wine, I would like you just to use the opportunity again, just to make sure that you're ready. Um, So we've talked about your relationship with God, and if you don't know him, for one person here this morning, they've made that decision that they didn't know Jesus. And they want to have a relationship with Jesus. That means that they believe that God died for their sins. And that Jesus was a real man who has made a way for them to get to heaven. And that person, as a believer, as a believer, can participate in this meal. Do you want to serve? Carry on, please. So for people who didn't know Jesus... There is now, Jesus made a way for for him to know them and that person can now participate. For people who are now looking inwards at their own lives 
and already saying sorry for God, they will, um, they can now uh, have a relationship with him. Before we go any further, I just want to ask you to hold on to it. Don't eat it just yet. The Bible says that we should wait for one another. And then we're going to do one of three things. So we're going to break bread as individuals. And then there'll be plenty of opportunity for um, people to pray with other people amongst the body. And I want to ask you to be bold in that. In that if you see somebody sitting by themselves, go and break bread with them. As I said at the, the, the very beginning of Acts 2, it says the believers form a community. And we've talked about house. And, you know, that being a pl- an environment of, of goodness and everything else. Has everybody got a piece of bread? I don't have a piece of bread, so I'm going to grab a piece of bread. So all of the people over here who are serving bread don't have bread. So if you've all got a piece of bread, can you put your hand up so I can see everybody's got one? So this morning we've heard testimonies of healing. We've heard heard about forgiveness. We've talked about um, a way to know God as our personal Lord and Savior for the rest of our lives. So we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you sent your son, that we may have an eternal life with you. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for for your forgiveness. And thank you, Lord, for your healing in Jesus' name. And Jesus didn't just break his body for us on the cross. He shed real blood. As a human, he shed blood. If any of you have ever bled, you know it hurts. And for, for Jesus, I, I just can't imagine the pain and the suffering he went through for us. And this wine represents his body, uh, sorry, his blood that he shed and he poured out for us. So do you want to hand around the, the wine to people, please? Now, this is a cup of blessing. So if you're asking God for something in particular this morning, as you take the cup of blessing, ask him. If it's peace, ask him for peace. If it's your relationship with people in work, ask him for that to change. If it's relationship with your children or your spouse, ask him for that to change. If it's your finances, if you're worried about your finances, ask him to break through in a supernatural way into your finances.
So now we're very relaxed about moving forward to praying with one another as a community of believers, as family. I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you were that person who was just doubting whether to put your hand up, please come and speak to me. Whilst everybody else is mingling with each other, nobody will notice. But be bold, as I said. Don't just go to people you know. Don't, don't just go to, unless you obviously have a problem with that person or an issue with them, that you want to put right. And once you've done that, look around and make sure that nobody is by themselves. Pray with each other. Ask God to show you things in that person's life. And we should all leave here free. Free from personal condemnation. You know, Romans 8 says there is no condemnation. For that person who gave their life to Jesus this morning, God says there is no condemnation. Whatever you've done in the past, it's been swept away. It is no more. You are a new creation. That's wonderful, isn't it? And you know, we're not perfect, as I said, but God makes a way for us to be able to put things right with ourselves and other people in our relationship with him. So we look up, we look in, and we look out. So I've finished, but I want to encourage you to, sp to pray with each other. So there's plenty of bread and there's plenty of wine. Thanks for listening today. For more information about Living Rock Church and for more great teaching, visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk.